0: I always like to say that I can't have a bad day. When I'm having a bad day, everybody knows I'm having a bad day. This is why I don't have bad days. You, on the other hand, do. How do I know that? Because you had a bad night. How do I know that? Because I listen to your phone calls. I read your email submissions. I see you on Twitter. Why did you have a bad night? Because you did not sleep. Why did you not sleep? Because you snored or somebody next to you snored. I've got the answer to your problem. The revolutionary snoring device, Zipa. Zipa is a game changer if you snore you're not sleeping if you're not sleeping you're not succeeding if you want success you need to be at your best Zipa is the solution it'll help you get that great night of sleep that you need so you feel awesome in the morning if you're snoring you're not sleeping if you're snoring the person next to you is not sleeping Zipa is the only snoring solution of its kind. Right now, go to ZYPPAH.com. It's easy to remember because ZEPA is happy Z spelled backwards. Go to ZEPA.com right now. Get yourself a ZEPA. Tell everybody you know to get a ZEPA. Remember, it's ZYPPAH. That's ZYPPAH. ZEPA. Get the great night of sleep that you need and you deserve
1: uh i think the cat's gonna win the masters did you just say what i think that you just said i think the cat's gonna win the masters yeah mate i think the cat's gonna win the masters and i'm gonna tell you why he's popped out of this pimple that's just burst like a zit And and now he's in love everyone's in love with him
0: Welcome to the Jim Run Podcast. The pod turns thirty. It is all grown up, and to ring in the occasion, I am bringing in an absolute legend, PGA'er Steve Elkington. I know a lot of you have been waiting on Elk, so today is the day. If you listen to my radio program, you know Elk is maybe the single greatest jungle interview ever. His stories, his sense of humor, his ability to push things right up to the line, and if we're being honest, a little bit past it. Every time Elk calls, it doesn't feel like just a conversation or an interview, but rather an event. And now finally, Elk is coming onto the pod, a place where there are no rules. This feels in a way like the pod's first major championship here. It's Masters Week, and Elk joins our pod. Things are about to get iconic and legendary all over again. And it happens right after this message from an amazing app, Draft. Hey now, we've got a brand new sponsor on the Jim Rome Podcast. I'm fired up. Now, if you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but it's not like the other guys on Draft. You play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Drafts last for only one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash, and you get paid out the very next day. Drafts start from only one buck, so there is a draft for everybody. I'm telling you, you will love this. It is fast. Guys do not have the same players. It is so easy to use. Find out for yourself right now. Join the rest of us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, All Jim Rome listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code Rome. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code Rome when you make your first deposit. Search Draft in your app store or simply go to draft.com and enter the promo code Rome. Once again, if you love fantasy baseball, then you have to try our favorite new app, Draft. Do it now. So, honestly, we've had a pretty good thing going here for the past three weeks. And honestly, I didn't ever think that there'd be one decent tape of voicemails, let alone three in a row. But you have stepped up. You have surprised me. And because of that, I've kept the answering machine around. The question is can we keep this thing going? Can we make it four? Let's find out. But before we do, let me remind you that I'm looking for new blood. New blood, new takes, new voices. So if you listen to this pod and you want to elevate the voicemail segment, stop thinking about doing it and just do it. Instead of killing it, do something to make it better. Here's the phone number. It'll put you right into my phone. I might even pick up if you dial this number. Put this in your phone right now, 949-385-0447, 949-385-0447. Put it in your blower and save it. You can use those digits anytime you want to call me and talk about anything you want. Just make sure you keep it tight, keep it sharp, and keep it moving. Takes, impressions, one-liners, hell, drunk dials, whatever you want, whenever you want. Hit me up, and the best will get played back right here. And the worst will get played back right here. Check these people out.
2: You have 12 new messages. First new message.
1: Romy, Brendan and the Natty, Michigan basketball's in the Final Four, baby. Come on, Romy. Woo! We got two more. Let's go.
2: Message saved. Next message.
1: Jim, this is Tony in Statesboro, Georgia. I'm a Kansas State alum, and I just want to say that Thursday night, we were the poop in Kentucky's ice cream in the Sweet 16, but on Saturday in the Elite Eight against Loyola, we were just poop.
2: Message deleted. Next message.
1: Hey, Rome, it's John. Just finished the Killer 3 podcast workout. I won Goggin, Scalar, then Weddle. My workout was hype. And when I get hype, I take my shirt off.
2: Message saved. Next message.
1: Hey, Rome, it's Dr. Dave.
2: Message deleted. Next message.
0: Hey, Jim, long time listener. Back to the days of uh, when you're on 12 to 4 right after Chat 40. Anyhow, I uh, obviously know uh, a lot of the clones that have been on throughout the years, and I'm from Huntington Beach, so I I do know of Silk Bro and uh, dropping off my son at uh, one of the high schools he's now, I guess, substituting at. And what do I see? A, uh, I think it was a Nissan truck with the license plate F I L K B R A. Silk Bro. Hilarious.
2: Message saved. Next message. Romy, Russ from South Carolina. I'm a 20-year clone. I didn't know how bad the weather was in California till I saw the news tonight. I'm just wishing you and your family Godspeed. I hope everything works out good. Brother, I'm thinking about you. That's all. I don't want on your list. I don't want on your show. I don't want on the TV or radio or anything. Just thinking about you and your family, Romy. God bless you. Hope everything's all right, brother. Later. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim, Beast in Studio City here. Hey, man, this new audience has come in since the show's televised now. These calls are so bad, I'd rather drive to Vegas and have Cal fart in my face. Message deleted. Next message.
1: Hey, Jim, this is Jim from Portland. I've been listening to you since, since the beginning of time. Now I can see you every day, and I just want to say... You bring the sunshine out of these clouds every day in my life. Thanks for being who you are.
2: Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim, it's Caitlin again. But um, I wanted to let you know that I um, asked my husband to talk to his mom about the cable and getting CBS Sports Network back on, Um, but he just kind of laughed. So I did ask my mom, and she's going to talk to my stepdad to see if we can get back onto their cable, and she's going to double-check to see if they have CBS Sports Network because I think they might. So anyway, hopefully I can watch you soon. i really miss seeing you and all the guys' outfits. So anyway, hope you're doing good. All right, take care. Bye. Message saved. Next message.
0: What's up, Rome? Man, Rachel Mirage. I shit you not, brother. Yesterday when you were talking about phones, I was literally, just by happenstance, on my way to T-Mobile. To trade in my dinosaur, my uh, Galaxy S5, and I upgraded to the S9. It's nice. Peace.
2: Message saved. Next message. Hey hey hey, what's happening, Jim Rome? It's your boy Fat Albert. Love the podcast. I also love cake. Message deleted. Next message. Ah, uh, Madison, sweet, gorgeous Madison. If I could give you
1: my left hand, I would so you won't have to miss this Thursday. Oh, fuck. But to that asshole who
2: called Madison to break his hand in the first place, if I ever saw you, I would put Message saved. You have no more messages.
0: All right, so where does that leave us? I mean, not a catastrophe, not tragic, but certainly not good enough for me to say that the hot streak continues. But not terrible enough for me to rip the answering machine off the wall for good. I know I always say, give me an A or give me an F. What that was, was a solid C-, minus. unfortunately. Brandon in the natty. is a fan of that basketball school up in Ann Arbor, look out. Sister Jean is coming for you. John, a three-podcast workout with Goggins, the Sklars, and the king of Rancho Kook, Eric Weddle. You are a savage. Beaks in Studio City. I know that you know that Cal rips people's beards off. He does not fart in their face. And if you think the new clones have garbage calls, bros, that call is disgusting. Stop doing it. To my guys Russ in South Carolina and Jim in the PDX, thank you for the kind words. Thanks for getting sentimental with it. Appreciate y'all looking out. And Caitlin, I know I'm always telling people to S-Y-M, save your money. But damn, you're taking that to the next level by grubbing off of mom and stepdad after striking out with your in-laws. And to our favorite Mad Bum fan. Don't worry about the pinky. It'll be good in no time at all. Maybe now he'll have more time for the squat rack. Now you give me a minute or two, and I'll think about whether or not that was good enough to bring this thing back next week. All right, let's go with a little bit of word association right now. When I say Dollar Shave Club, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? It's got to be an amazing, affordable shave. If that's the case, then listen up right now. Because Dollar Shave Club now has everything. And I mean everything you need to look, smell, and feel your very best. Shampoo body wash, toothpaste, and of course the best razors ever. And yes, I do get an amazing, affordable high-quality shave every single morning from my Dollar Shave Club fam with the Executive Razor. But the true hero of any morning routine is their Dr. Carver Shave Butter. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. You have to experience it to believe it. Another must-have experience is how Dollar Shave Club delivers everything to you. That means no more trips to the store, wandering the aisles, hunting for razors, shampoo, and toothpaste, or taking time out of your day to go shopping so you can play at being a cashier, scanning and bagging all your own stuff. For a mind-blowing experience, join Dollar Shave Club right now. And for only 5 bucks with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours right now at dollarshaveclub.com Rome. Once again, dollarshaveclub.com slash Rome. One of the best things I've ever done. Now all this talk about Elk as a jungle legend tends to obscure the fact that he was iconic with a bat in his hands as well. One of the sweetest swings ever on tour, the 1995 PGA champ, a two-time players champ, including a wire-to-wire seven-stroke win in 1997 against a field with every member of the top 50 playing a four-time President's Cup participant, a three-time national champion at Houston after coming to America as a teenager from Australia. Not only is he the greatest interview in our show's history, not only was he cold-blooded on course, my man also likes to drink, fight, and say things like, I see cat, mate. Steve Elkington on the pod right now. Enjoy. A quick heads up, this podcast gets loose as it sometimes does. So as a professional courtesy, I want to be very upfront about this and let you know there is profanity, there is crass language, and you need to keep that in mind before you listen to this episode. You have been warned.
1: What's up, Jimmy? How
0: are you, mate? How's life treating you and where are you right now?
1: Mate, I was at Augusta today sitting under the umbrella having a, an azalea, and these clones came up taking pictures of me. It was so embarrassing. They said, oh, yeah. I said, mate, come on. Calm down a little bit. And uh, I said, look, I'm, I went over to the rope to, to settle them down a little bit. I said, look, I'm going to do the podcast this afternoon with Jimmy. And, the, mate, they've already been on the drink. They've already had the sandwiches or whatever it was. And they were just headed to the village. I mean, they were like over the moon that we were going to do this together. You and I have uh, known one of those so long and uh, listened to the show, seen all your successes and you know, this is just another, another deal for you, mate. This a podcast is great. It's more of a sort of a chat. We can sort of, I can pretend you're right across the bar from me.
0: Elk, you sound like you're right across the bar from me, but you're not. You're at Augusta. So before I ask you about who and what you like this week, as somebody who played it, break it down for us. What's it like to play in that tournament? And then what makes it so different from everything else? You know, a tradition like no other.
1: Good point. Good question. Uh, of course, Jim Nance uh, was in my, lived in my room at University of Houston back in uh, 1982 when I came in. He was uh, roommates with Blaine McAllister, and they suited with Freddie Couples. And when I came in in 82, uh, Billy Ray Brown and I, who won three national championships at Houston, uh, Nance was still there. He was doing his... Uh, he was doing his uh, uh, doctorate in broadcasting, mate, and uh, <laughs> he, he sort of introduced slam and Jammer when I came in. You remember those days. Oh, yeah. Akeem Olajuwon oh, yeah. and Clyde Drexler lived in my dorm, and Carl uh, Lewis won seven Olympic medals that lived in our dorm. And Jimmy and I, we would sit in there. This is back in the day. He would do fake, fake basketball games, mate. He would, he would, you know, do a Rockets first. Uh, what do you, who do you want to play tonight? Who, 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 what do you guys want? Okay, Rockets first, Lakers. Okay, you know, dribble, dribble, down inside, inside, to Akeem, out to Clyde, Clyde, dribble, dribble, down down, up, up and in's good. You know, and he would do the score, mate, and he would go on and on and on, just practicing that craft, mate. And you use that term there, it gave me chills. I saw a T-shirt that they said the uh, tradition, unlike any other. My, mate, Monday of the Augusta, playing in the event. I think I played in a dozen or more. Certainly, uh the opening of the golf season right in the world of golf it's the first event people are coming out of the snow i mean i know you're not but people in new york have still got blizzards and and i think the the one word about augusta is it's just familiar i mean even you jim mate who hasn't played augusta i'm sure and you haven't done all these things but you even know what the putts do you even know what you're supposed to do at 10 and 11. it's very familiar Today, I was out there and I had, you know, I've got six of my players at Secret Golf playing in it. And, uh, Monday is a day of just sort of being relaxed, getting out there. What does the course look like? What is it? What does it feel like? They didn't, they had a very, uh, cool winter down here, mate, and, um, there's not a lot of grass. Talked to a couple of the caddies, talked to Ricky Fowler's caddy. He said that, uh, The greens are probably going to be really fast this week. There's going to get some cool weather, cool nights, mate. That means no growth. They're going to take the water off, and it is going to be, I think, spectacular because the bloom of the azaleas is on the verge, probably going to be maxed out on about Friday. The weather's going to be superb. And tiger, mate, big cats here, and it is a big buzz
0: all right. So, Elk, what about the cat? And I could follow you up on anything you just said. It's all interesting to me. But what about the big cat? Top five of the Valspar Championship and the Arnold Palmer. He's playing his first Masters in three years. How does he look to you right now, and how do you think he's going to do this week?
1: Mate, i I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm, not a, I'm very rarely wrong, Jim, as you know. I know that. Um, I think the cat's going to win the Masters. I just looking at the math, mate. Holy shit, saying, Elk! Elk, did you, you just
0: say? Elk, did you just say what I think that you just said? I think the cat's gonna win the Masters.
1: Yeah, mate. I think the cat's gonna win the Masters, and I'm gonna tell you why. Obviously, there's so much mental, physical. There's all sorts of things that happen, have to happen. But he has, he has sort of. Um, I don't want. I want to say it in, in my own terms. He's surfed the gauntlet. He's been embarrassed. He's been uh, humiliated. He's been uh ridiculed he's been abused by the media and now he's come back out and he's popped out of this pimple that's just fucking burst like a zit and it's and now he's in love everyone's in love with him and he's surfed the gauntlet he's putting good he's hitting wedges good and the most thing most the most amazing thing about this guy is that okay his driver is a little too in out and he has a little trouble with that but if he is negotiated that, which we won't know until Thursday uh, in his last two weeks when he's been off, mate, the rest of it's there. And let me just say say this, Augusta, after playing two rounds, first 36 holes Thursday, Friday, Cat's going to be there 140, 141, two or three under. He's going to be poised, right? And the most pressure, the pressure that Mickelson and Tiger are putting on the field is enormous this week, mate, because they've won, I think, six majors, six Masters between them. Those two guys are playing well enough to to know everyone else in the field knows that th- those two guys can just dominate at any moment, so it puts so much pressure on everyone else.
0: Elk, I mean, that's an amazing thing, what you just said, and I was going to ask you about the driver, which you answered that, but in terms of that fucking zit, like... How did he do this? He said it himself. He got a second chance on life and, quote, I'm a walking miracle. Elk, I never thought that the big cat would yeah, well, get back bullshit, to this point.
1: mean, That's bullshit. He's not a fucking walking miracle, mate. He's, he, he, basically what he is is he's had Chop Suey Louie fucking operated on him for two times. That that's, doesn't make him a walking miracle. I mean, I had the same surgery, mate. I was hitting balls in six days. So I think if he didn't have Chop Suey Louie uh, for two bad surgeries, he might have been all right like three, three years ago. You with me?
0: All right, so it's not a fucking miracle. It makes some sense to you. But but did you expect him to get it back and get it back this quickly?
1: Look, you and I have texted together a lot. We've talked a lot about this, and, and, we've, and we've both been like, what, you know, what the hell? And obviously, there's some something inside of him that's um, so much greater than... It's almost like uh, Phelps in the pool, right? He, he's, he's just better. He's quicker. He's faster. He dominated. He, he could do it at will and did all this stuff, right? So now... The biggest negotiator, the biggest variable in my mind was how is he going to handle the people? How is he going to do that? And all of a sudden, he has all this new love, right? Uh, he has all this just this new love. Everyone is just like, you know what? The guy's a fucking douchebag. He's fucked up his life 18 times. But you know what? We love him. We want him back. We want the red shirt, mate. I don't. People say, is this, you know, is he back or has he ever Said, and I've said this to you on the show. Mate, it's just the last fucking chapter of the book, right? It's like a Sydney Sheldon novel. We've been here, we've been there, we've been there, we've been there. And now, I don't really give a fuck how the book finishes. I'm just, gonna, I'm just glad I'm here.
0: Elk, what about the big boy, Hefty, who you also mentioned? He's playing pretty well right now. At 47, what kind of a shot do you give him for knocking out Jack as the oldest to ever win it?
1: Mate, I almost won the PGA when I was 48 at Whistling Stray, so don't give me all that fucking bullshit about being 47. Fuck Hefty. And all of a sudden, he's been a fucking jack-off his whole life. He's been an asshole. He's been... And now all these young guys, they don't even know what we knew about Hefty. And now he's, now he's like, oh, they love him. He's in the President's Cup and the fucking Ryder Cup. And he's giggling and, you know, shaking his titties at everybody. Like, oh, fuck it, we love him. And now he's won. Look, the guy's... Awesome. I've been on your show, and I think I, I said to you when he won the Masters, when he hit that, uh, hit that uh, shot out of the muff or out of the straw at 13, I said I think it was one of the greatest back nines I've ever seen. Jimmy, you'll agree, and you'll know that if anyone's good, I'm the first one to tell, tell you so. He's another guy, mate. He knows the course so well. I just think after two days, he's going to, be, he's going to position himself, at 140 141 or 142 that's two under three under for two days and you know what there's going to be some guys up there going to faint they can't fucking do it mate they're going to shit themselves they're going to they're going to squirt the sandwich out the back i mean it's not going to happen so and and you know what everyone's aware of that we you know we know uh it's in all sports no one knows this more than you if there's going to be some issues with some players of who they are, right? You've got to go through the gauntlet, so to speak.
0: Elk, unbelievable. Elk, so do you think these guys, and you're making this point pretty clear, that even these guys, the cat trying to come back, hefty at 47, that these two guys still have the ability to intimidate, intimidate the young guns in the field? Is it the Um, moment, or is it those guys?
1: It's not intimidate. It's what it is, is they – so let, let me see if I can get this straight. No one's intimidated by Phil right now. Mm-hmm. They're all intimidated what Tiger could do once he's in position. So it's getting in position first. Now, do you think that Tiger and Hefty on this tournament and this event where they've won six of them can get themselves into the position to apply some pressure? Yes. Of course. Yes, They're going to be there. I, I, I honestly believe it with all my might. I, mean, I, I just know they're going to be there
0: now elk some other guys and we'll see about these two guys at the end of the weekend but let me ask you for instance about bubba now we know augusta national fits bubba watson pretty nicely after crashing all the way to 117 in the world rankings he did win at riv does that mean that he's back and then what do you think about his chances this week
1: fuck him too he uh he hits that it's the best course ever for him because he's you know he smashes it jimmy he's He's probably the most gifted uh, hand-eye guy that's attached to just like a nothing. You know, the worst thing they can ever do with him is put a microphone in his mouth. Uh, I'll tell you this story in a second, but, the, you know, he went to a Volvic ball last year. He played a pink fucking ball or whatever it was. They were paying him a million dollars a year. And so, by the way, how smart is Bubba? Let me, let, me, let me just sort of put this as perspective for you, okay? Yeah. So Tyler has 47 patents on their ball. It's been around 150 years. It's the greatest ball that ever shipped behind a pair of foot joys, okay? The Volvic, they pay Bubba a million bucks because Titus only pays the guys. They pay him 100 grand. That's it. Uh-huh. But, you know, Bubba's so fucking grand and his agents probably fucking hadn't graduated kindergarten. They're going to go, you know what? We're going to do the pink thing. We're going to do, do pink. We're going to do white. We're going to do fucking yellow. We're gonna, it's going to be awesome. We're going to wear yellow shoes to fucking match. It's going to be fucking awesome. 47 patents on the... Uh, Titus ball, Jimmy, and now Volvic is going to come on. They cannot uh, adhere to any of those patterns, but it's going to be so good this guy's going to fucking use a Volvic. And guess what? His fucking whole show went Volva, or Vol-Vol-Volva. Volva. Is that a word? Sort of. My, <laughs> my friends on the porch. Jimmy, sorry, mate. He's looking at me. He's like, you're saying Volva? Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. Several times, no less. Yeah. So, so anyway, he's an idiot. So he went back to the tireless, and, of course, his greatness came back, and he showed it off, and uh, he, won at, uh, he, uh, he, he won at Riv, and then he won the match play. Justin Thomas is a friend of mine. Jason Duffner is one of my guys at Secret Golf, of course. They tell me, look, this guy is so dangerous because he hits this 330-yard low banana. Now, for a pro, just for you know, a pro golfer, the easiest shot in our repertoire, the easiest shot in our toolbox is to hit a low fade for, for a right-hander. Sure. Hardest shot to hit is a really controlled, tight-spinning draw because it spins a little less. A draw spin for a right-hander spins a little less, but it has top spin. Well, the opposite of that uh, being a fade spin for us, spins a little more, so it's got more control. So that course is so perfect for him. I, I promised you that I would tell you this story. You know, it's a funny story. You want to hear it?
0: You know I do, Elk.
1: Uh, so, so you know when 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 you know, man, I'm like Jason Dufner. I get I get blamed for everything. You know, if something, if I get minuscule fucking word, boom, it's like you in the old days. You get blown. Everyone blows me up for something little. Back in I don't know how many years ago, fifteen years. And by the way, Bubba and I are square now. He's he's cool with it. It's just he knows he's he's just fucking a highly uneducated fucking guy, but it's it's okay. Uh, and he says so. So we're playing in New Orleans, and uh, I actually designed this course down at TPC. So me and Shigeki Mariyama are playing in the event with Bubba. And it, it's Friday, it's Friday, cut day, and we get to the 10th hole, which is our 27th hole of the day, nine holes to go. Me and Shigeki Mariyama are leading the tournament. We're at like 10 under for the deal. Bubba's over par. He's, he's out the ass. So we get on the 10th hole. Me and Shigeki play our shots down the fairway, and Bubba bashes a drive up there, way the miles up there. And now we've got all these camera crew with us, right? There's fucking 10 guys in the deal, you know, in the fairway. We both hit our shots. Now we're going to walk 50 yards up to where Bubba is. When he, when we get up near him, he, something bothered him. It's my caddy, actually. My caddy bullet hunched the club up on his shoulders because it was out of position. So he hunched it and made a bunch of noise. Just Bubba blew, blew a fucking stack. He, you know, yelled, motherfucker, all the, you know, all this stuff to everyone. So I walk right over there and I, I was walking fast right up behind him. I said, hey, hey, hey. And he wouldn't turn around. He was just fucking annoying. I said, hey. and I got around in front of him. Roger Maltby, my friend who's on the NBC on the mic, he's walking with me because he wants the story. I walk around. I push my nose up against him. I said, look, 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 idiot. We... Uh, we I don't give a shit, you know, he's a young guy at the time. I said, look, we, we, we don't do that out here, but here's what's going to happen when we get in. I'm going to fucking kick your shit out of you. I'm going to flatten that fucking nose, and you're going to get to pick where you want to flatten. I left it at that because I was playing good, mate, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so we get in, and I'm not shaking his hand. We go in the locker, into the locker, into the scories tent. There's two security guys and two guys from the tour. We go in, they go, Elk, we would rather you uh, you not say anything to the media about what Bubba did, that, did to you out there. And I said, okay, okay, I'll respect that. So I go in, and we talked to Bubba, and I, and, I, and I blew up in there and said, look, motherfucker, this is, you know, we don't do this on tour. You don't blow up at players like this. We're on TV. I mean, what are you, a fucking, some kind of a clown? And I said, I'm going to fucking knock the shit out of you, and I'm going to wait by your car where your name is, and I'm going to meet you out there. I'm going to flatten that fucking ugly nose of yours over there. Well, he busts out crying. You know, I am fuck up on tablets. I, fucking got fucking got, I got fucking issues. I got fucking anger. I was like, hey, control yourself. So we go out, and he goes to the press and says, Hey, me and Elk, we're, we're square. We're good. So, okay, fine. I just leave it. Everyone's busting me because I'm the one that fucking blew him up or wh- whatever. So we go in the locker room, and uh, I'm sitting in there with uh, you know a couple of boys. We're having a couple of cocktails, and Shigeki Mariyama's in there with me, who's a great guy, man. He's loved this guy. He was on our President's Cup team. We won. He won 5-0 and in Australia. So the tour guy comes up and says to us, Okay, guys, we know there's been a been a bust-up. I need you guys to put this in writing. We're going to put this to, uh, you know, we're going to write this in. Okay, what do you want us to do? Uh, just write up what happened. Okay. I said, Shigeki, uh, can you can you write this? So he goes off with his little guy, and he writes this letter, mate, and, and <laughs> I'm writing my deal. It's simple. So 20, 30 minutes later, we've had about 10 beers, or, and uh, Shigeki Mariyama comes in. So I read this letter. He goes, uh, fuck, fucking mother fuck suck. And I go, Jesus Christ, Mariama, where'd you go to school? I said, mate, you should be a fucking writer. This is fucking excellent fucking grammar. Mate, you should put this letter in right now to the tour. This is fucking perfect. You should be a writer. You should write children's books. It's awesome. Mate, that's the end of that story. No one's ever heard that except on this podcast, mate.
0: Oh, Elk now you said you had a backstory i even even knowing you I had no idea you had that kind of backstory in you, but the fact of the matter is you will fight, you will go, and it sounds like it took everything you had not to kick Bubba's ass that day
1: I'm not going to do it mate he's he's you know it's to be honest with you it's not you know but you, it's unbecoming of what I do it's not like baseballs look, they just gotta know that you know there's a way we do business out here and i'm i'm not the model but trust me there's other guys that taught me right there's, there's, i'm who, not elk? the model who, who did you learn but, from
0: elk who did you learn from
1: well i learned i learned from i learned from guys like tom watson lenny watkins uh ben crenshaw uh you know a couple of guys you don't know mark lie um greg norman nick price just and they followed from Arnold palmer i mean there's a certain way you do business on the tour for 30 years, right? I mean, there's not, you just can't come out there and be a young guy and start, you know, flashing up on everyone, right?
0: Elk, the jungle knows you as a legendary personality. I mean, hence, listen to this conversation. And I, I know the clones appreciate you as a golfer, but maybe not as much as they should. As an example, you won the PGA Championship in 95. You shot 64 on Sunday in one of the all-time great rounds in a major. And then you birdied the first playoff hole to gut Colin Montgomery. What do you remember most about that day,
1: uh, Jimmy? Ninety-five was the best year of my life, uh, as far as uh, in, for a lot of reasons. I had my first child. Annie was born in April. I almost won the Masters. I was third uh, behind Crenshaw. I went to the British Open. I almost won that. It was behind Lee Won his, his British Open. Mate, I, I was. I won the Varden Trophy. I scored sixty-eight point five seven. Was my average round for the year. I mean, I won the PGA. I won the Tournament of Champions when I started. I had like mate, I was fucking killing it that year. You know, I played the tour, people say to me oh, every day, Elk, fuck, you went, you know, you've, you, 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 you know, why aren't you playing on the tour? You know, I said, mate, I, I did 29 years on the tour. I said, I can't think of anything worse than that. I said, I've, I like going home and sleeping with my wife and, and being with my kids, you know, working with my garden. I got two dogs, I got seven chickens, mate. I can't think of anything worse than being on the tour right now. And, and maybe I'm leaving money on the table Okay, fine. I don't care. I mean, I only here for another what, twenty or thirty years, whatever. And I didn't drink when I played the tour. I would do two beers it was my max. I mean, when I played the tour, I was there to do work. I mean, I came from Australia. I'm like you, mate. You, you're kind of my model in a certain sense, and you don't even know it. Which is, you work hard and you don't, you don't excess in anything. You just get your job done and you're doing your deal. Someday. Mate, you'll be me. You'll, you'll say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out, and I've got my stat, my big stat, my the bottom of my sack's covered, and I'm just going to cruise, right? I'll
0: tell you what, though, I I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I really, really appreciate you saying that, but there, there's a little more of me in you than you might imagine. Like, I'm not hitting the shine on Friday and Saturday, but you know I'll run into one now. You know I'll run into two now. You know I still drink my gin straight and my vodka straight. You know I can get after it some.
1: I know you do. I know you okay. do. You're working with less... Uh, less mass than me so i probably got uh, <laughs> i probably got a few more gin gin per per,
0: per capita in me right no i see you i see you working so listen when yeah. you win when you win when you win in 95 and you shoot 64 let me ask you this what was better beating monty that day or outing him in the jungle for having an entourage and slamming an entire tub of banana custard at the lunch <laughs> break during the 95 <laughs> wgc match play what was better?
1: Mate, that was the best story ever, that son of a bitch. I went over there after winning the, winning the PGA. It wasn't a tub. What, Do your thing. Okay, so I win the PGA in 95, right? And Mon- I beat Monty. Fuck Monty. I played better than him. I don't give a shit. He'd never won a fucking tournament over here in the U.S. I won 17 times in the 90s over here, okay? Ten on the tour, seven others around the world. Fuck him. He never won one, so he can't be that good, right? If I won every fucking year for 10 years, he can't be that good. Am I right or wrong?
0: He was pretty good, except he sure didn't finish, did he? You got fucking zero
1: wins over here, then you're not good here. Let's yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, I'll that? leave
0: it at that. I'll leave it at that. But, yeah. but 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 nobody dominated a tub of custard like him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we go to we go to the uh, world match play, which is in nineteen in, in ninety six, and they set they set it up like I'm gonna. Uh, it's a thirty six hole match. They set it up like the rematch of uh, the uh, the PGA. Monty's got to got to get over on the Australian. So. It's me versus Monty, 36-hole match at West Wentworth Club. So I'm, I'm going to play Monty in this 36-hole fi- uh, semifinal. And, mate, I told my wife, I was over there with her, I said, they would pay me shit tons of money to go over there. I said, I'm going to beat this fat son of a bitch again. And uh, I go out there, Jimmy, I'm playing so good, I shoot like eight under in the morning, but I'm one up, I'm one up on this monster. We go into the go into the players' lounge, and in the lounge, because there's only four players playing on the semi-finals, there's only four of us in there, right, or two at the time. So me and Lisa, my wife, were sitting over in the corner. They got this buffet out there, mate. That's so fucking spectacular. They got, and Monty's over on the other side. He's got 25 people. He's he's got you know fucking royalty over there. He's got Prince fucking William or Prince William's fucking brother. Uh, he's got all these entourage over there. I'm i eating a cheese sandwich over here because I can't eat when I'm playing. I get too nervous. So, and in the middle of this uh, beautiful fucking buffet is a custard castle a replica of the ca- the clubhouse that went with is a fucking castle. It's magnificent fucking <laughs> custard thing. I mean, just fucking architecture alone, Jimmy is is fucking legendary. So I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, this is great. And Monty gets up. He's at the end of the table, and he comes over and. He gets a fucking dinner plate, and he takes out, he takes out the ladies' locker room, he takes out the pro shop, he takes out the fucking auditorium on the back side of the fucking men's locker room, and he takes out the fucking uh, porch on the back of the fucking back bar. And I'm thinking, fuck me, he's just destroyed this thing. He must be going to just go over and give it to the whole uh, people the, the royal family. Mate, he sat at the table with one fucking spoon. <laughs> I looked at my wife, dead. Oh my said, god, Elk! There's not, there's not a fucking man in the world that can eat that much custard can beat me. I turned him over at five and four, mate. He was fucking done. He was out, out the fucking gate. <laughs> Fixed him.
0: Oh my god, Elk! That's incredible. That's custard. a custard, that re- a custard retake. It, that's unbelievable, Elk. I mean, it, I, I don't even have the words, Elk. How amazing that is.
1: <laughs> I, I don't even know. Elk. Like, mate, I, it makes me laugh telling it.
0: No, no, no I, I, I've heard it, Elk, but I've never heard it quite like that and yeah, in 2018. Like that. No, no, that, that's the funniest shit I've heard in a long, long, long time. I want to talk to you about JD. You mentioned JD briefly, and we've had, we've had a couple of stories that I've had you retell. Because as long as you've done this with me, there are some that do not know the story. Now you get out one night and you run into a few with JD in South Africa. Now, yeah. one night, you're there, you're having a good night, but that's fine until this local rugby team rolls up. What happened next?
1: Yeah, yeah so it was my birthday, mate. It was December 8th, whatever it was, 1992, and there's 10,000 people at this casino down there called Sun City, and we got 10 players making playing for a million. This is in 92, big money, 100,000 guarantee. So I'm on the drink, and uh, it's my birthday, and there's girls and dancers, and we're up there. Me and JD get up on stage. He wants to sing Wild Thing. Well, there's fucking pictures of me and him with our shirts off. What the? I'm thinking, what the hell? What I'm? Am I doing with my? What the hell am I doing with my shirt off? Anyway, I lose JD, which I wasn't really trying to find him. But five hours later, maybe two in the morning, I'm taking. I'm gonna go down and tap the kidney in the casino, and JD's down there tapping the kidney. And I said, hey, man, you all right? He goes, oh, yeah, he, but he's he's been on the, he's been in the bag. He's in the bag. So we're coming up these set of stairs, and these five South African guys are walking down. They go, hey, there's Elkington and Daly. He said, how about we, we, we try these two guys in a game of rugby? And I go, oh, mate, fuck me. We're, man, come on. I mean, relax. We're not doing that. And JD said, oh, yeah, I'll try them. I'll fucking try them, Elk. I'll do them by myself. So we're on a landing, right? Stairs down, turn the corner, go down the stairs, right? J.D. goes down in a three-point stance like he's at the Arkansas Razorbacks. These five guys, mate, they hit him so hard. They go, you know, hut, whatever, and they hit him so hard they knocked the fucking painting off the wall. So I go over and get J.D. I'm in the bag. He's in the bag. I'll get him up. I go, mate, are you all right? He goes, ah, fuck, fuck, take my boots off. He said, I I couldn't get any grip. I'm going to try them again. no, mate, come on. We're going going upstairs. I'm going to get you a cocktail. He says, no, 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 no. I'm I'm going again. Get my get my boots off. So I take his boots off, put him in put him in the three point stance again, and he tries these guys. these guys. Are, I don't know. They may be trying to hurt us, or whatever. And they they plow JD into the fucking deal again. And two hours later, I see JD. I go past the bar, and there he is sitting at the bar with no shoes on. I mean, the boots are the boots. He might have blew them off down down into. The- wherever right and the next day i think i told you i said i was so hungover i was playing like shit anyway and uh i think i had to get like a b12 shot or some IV before i played this is back in the day mate when i wasn't when i was uh i'm not a okay call me ben. a liar whatever i never yeah. drank much when i played but i did that night okay but jd was fucking fresh as a daisy i'm looking at him he's fucking having pancakes i'm like me you're in that's that's you're you're in another league brother <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, to him, that was just middle of the week, man. That's probably
0: Wednesday night for him. Now, you know what, though, Elk, you you didn't get after it like that back in the day, but I'm not sure you and I have talked about this, but one of the first tour events that you hit back in the day was the Bob Hope Desert Classic in Palm Springs, and anybody who has ever been to Palm Springs has been to the legendary bar, The Nest. Now, have you and I ever talked about The Nest? What did you see the first time you popped into that joint?
1: Well, uh, so my first event on the PGA tour, I I got to go to the nest and I was playing at Indian Wells, right? And I finished my round, mate. I'm a total rookie. And I go in there and I see the locker room guy. I said, Where does a man go around here for a net? Where, Where does, where do you go for a cocktail right here? Where, where, where does fucking Arnold Palmer go? He says, Out the gate, left, 500 yards, nest on the right. Okay, I'm going. So I get in my car, I go up there, pull into this joint go in. It's split deal. Left bar, right dining room. But there's a opening looking through to a piano bar. I'm sitting there. I look through the fucking bar. Arnold Palmer, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby sitting there with Bob Hope girl. And they're playing the piano and Bing Crosby singing Jimmy and I'm fucking looking at this and I said, give me another fucking beer. I'm sitting here some more. And I'm looking through there and Arnold Palmer's got the custom slacks on made and And he's got his fucking. I think he had a pink blazer. He's got a fucking handkerchief. And I said, you know what? I'm fucking here. This is the tour, man. I'm fucking. I'm in it. It's the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. It was so wonderful. Elk,
0: so let me ask you, you know, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Sam. Now, Sam is following in your footsteps. He's playing at the University of Houston. What was it like the first time the kid beat his old man?
1: For you and for him? Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Always want him to do that, mate. It's, uh, it's tough uh you know i coach him and it's great you know i I look at guys like jason uh justin thomas out on the tour right now his father is his coach he's the number one player probably in the world and his father is just like me and he's got this wonderful son that loves golf and justin thomas is probably the most wonderful boy or young man i've ever met him and spieth and ricky fowler and is kind of mentoring those guys they love golf so much and his father is with him mate every step of the way and i just think to myself fuck how good is that you know his dad's with him you know and i said to i said to um mr thomas recently i said What's it like being out here with your son? He goes, oh, yeah, he's playing great. You know, it didn't quite hit him as hard as it hit me. Well,
0: how does Sam process the whole thing? What's he think? He's got the coolest dad ever. You know, what's it like? What's that dynamic like?
1: Well, I think for Sam, he's a great young man. Everyone loves him. He's got a great personality, and he doesn't try to – he's his own man. I've taught him to be his own man. He's He's got big speed. He's trying to find, you know, what works for him with his swing. He's trying to develop that, and everyone loves Sam. Sam's one of these guys, Jim – which I don't have this ability. He knows the name of every member of our club. I mean, he goes to Augusta. He'll be here this week, and all these people know him. They look forward to seeing him. He's just a—he's just a really nice kid, and that's a tribute to—I don't want to just say to me, but my wife. We just—we just raised him. We're tough on him when they were younger, you know. It's just like you're going to be judged by how you treat people, you know, more than anything. And and he's just a—he's just a nice boy, you know. We have a daughter that's also also as nice, but uh, it's just. Been in the golf world the default setting is just nice right some kids blow up and all that he doesn't have a blow-up move
0: let me ask you about secret golf now secret golf is something you and i have talked about in the past for those who don't know it's a digital network that you started and you run specifically exactly what is it and what's your mission with it and how's business
1: yes it's simple you know i own i own the intellectual property of all these you know five years ago when i you know when i didn't start playing the tour anymore i, I went to the commissioner and i said hey let's build a digital network for, the, for all the tour players to make more money. And he's like, no, nah, the money's in TV. And I said, no, I don't think so. But at any rate, uh, digital content is the most valuable thing there is. And I've, I believe very strongly in the intellectual property that I own. I own 40 years of my craft. So what I've done is I have 30 players on the contract now, Jimmy, and I, I go in and shoot everything that they know. And I've been able to deliver that with new, con- with new technology. I'm able to deliver that to consumers how if they want to fix this wing i can i can dial in the video exactly for what what handicap they are and that's i'm very proud of that so far
0: So let me finally make this point. I mean, it speaks to the career that you've had, Elk, and the huge personality that you have, that the single most popular interview in the decades that I've done this show is not just a golfer. That in and of itself would be amazing enough, but a golfer from Australia. And you've been such a good friend and so amazing to the program over the years. I've got to ask you then, what's it like? I mean, you started this conversation by talking about running into some clones that have run into a little bit of a drink. What's it like for you traversing across this country and now in social media and meeting and talking to so many clones, essentially anywhere you go, and they know your stories. They know your rap, and they love you. Even you and Silk go back and forth on Twitter. What's that been like?
1: Silk's awesome, because i tell you why. That guy, he, uh, he, he appreciates being a Californian guy, and he's such a Democrat, and I'm such a Republican. I just feel like that's the, Silk and I should be—we uh, should be the model of how to, to coexist, Right. Instead of hating on one another, we just say, "Hey, okay, fair enough, good point. Okay, I, I'll, you win that one. You know, like chalk it up to a. Instead of all this other stuff, right? Social media, all this stuff. We're ruining ourselves by, you know, not speaking to one another as much and so on and so forth. It's just, it's been corrupt to a certain certain degree. What's happening in our country here? I say our country. I'm Australian, my children American, but um, it's tough to watch, man. It's like all of a sudden there's people judging me before because of what I think I might. They might even perceive what I think I might be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They know I like guns. They know I like drinking. They know I like fighting. They know I like uh, whatever. They're already judging me before they even know me. You know? When are you coming to Cali? When I do, I'm going to bring the big show. We're going to set it up. We're going to do a. We're going to do a, a, a after show. Bourbon tasting. How about that?
0: I'm in. I'm in. You let me know when and where, and I'm there. I still have never been inside of, much less partied in the big show, and I can't wait for that to happen. Elk, you tell me well, when you bring and where.
1: The, uh, uh, your, your move, you got your Sapphire, right? Is that, what you, you have, is that your move?
0: Not as much as it used to be. I've kind of scaled back a little bit. What's your new move? You know, I do a little Grey Goose. I do a little
1: Tito's. I've kind of moved into okay. vodka a little bit. Okay, I can't do vodka. It gives me a sticky butt. I can't I it doesn't work for me.
0: <laughs> okay, then uh that's not your move, then Elk very clearly. It's not my move for sure. Yeah, but by the time we get around to this, I may have a different move. But no matter what, I'll have a move. I will have a move, yeah. so
1: we'll be yeah. there. Whatever Elk- move you have, mate, I will adjust to your move. How about that?
0: Listen. I'll admit this. I'm all about my rig. I am all about my car. Here in California, we're like that. You want to take care of your car. You want to make sure that it's always looking fresh. Like sports, car care is a game of numbers, and the best number for your car is 303 Automotive Premium Protectants and Cleaners. Designed to clean, shine, and protect 303 products undergo rigorous testing to ensure superior performance and outstanding protection and to bring out that show car finish. From your dashboard to your tires, 303 keeps your car looking amazing. It keeps your car looking new longer. 303, we've got your number. For more information, visit mypalace at 303radio.com. 303radio.com. I use it on my car. My rig has never looked better. Find out for yourselves. 303radio.com and just like that the pod is 30 episodes old man they grow up so fast don't they while you're here please don't leave without subscribing reviewing and sharing all these things do a hell of a lot for the visibility of the podcast and it brings new people into the fold every single day so i appreciate that immensely just like i appreciate you checking out the jungle airing live every day from noon until 3 eastern on cbs sports radio cbs sports network and sirius xm channel 206 And because we're in a bunch of new places where we have never been before, we want nothing more than to help you get there. If you need help finding the radio show or the Daily Jungle Podcast, do not hesitate to hit us up. The best and fastest way to get at me is on Twitter at Jim Rome. Let me know what you thought about this episode with Elk, and be sure to tag him as well. He's at Elk PGA. That's at Elk PGA. Again, thanks so much for checking out the pod. Until then, I am out and we'll see you next time.